Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. The Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1. And here's what Luke writes. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. So the former account being, once again, the Gospel of Luke, which he wrote and sent to Theophilus. And so now he says, the former account I made of all that Jesus began, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Jesus didn't finish the job. He handed the baton over to his apostles. So it says, of all of the Gospel of Luke, the former account, is of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Verse 3, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. Watch this. Being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So from the time he was raised from the dead until the time he ascended, it was about 40 days, and Jesus revealed himself to them. Uh, and then it also says that he was speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And so now uh, he's going to get here to the ascension, but some words that happened just before that. Verse 4, this is so important. And being assembled together with them, he, Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. I think this is such an important point that Jesus did not allow them to start going out to preach the gospel yet. Now, he had already died on the cross. He had been raised from the dead. So people could now be born again without question. However, Jesus was telling them, I don't want you to go out with just a story. No, I want you to be empowered, empowered. In fact, he said, it's captured in the Gospels. He said, wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Don't go out with just a story. Go out with the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus did. After the baptism of John the Baptist, the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And he was driven out to the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. But the Bible says in Luke 4.14, he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And then, of course, he went to Nazareth and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do this, that, and the other. But he was anointed with the power of the Spirit to do those things. So, very clearly, Jesus is saying, I want you to minister with the same power with which I ministered in my ministry. And so Luke is saying here, I wrote in the former account, my gospel, the gospel of Luke, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. And the book of Acts is now the continuation of the ministry of Jesus, but through the apostles and the early church. So notice now it says, Jesus said, wait for the promise of the Father. 
The Father promised to send the Holy Spirit. He'll bring Jesus back to heaven, seat him at his right hand, but send another helper, the Holy Spirit. So, verse 6, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons, which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, but you shall receive power. The Greek word there, dunamis. We actually get the word dynamite from this. This is different than exousia, which has the idea of authority. This is raw power, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, that's the region around Jerusalem, and Samaria, that's the region just north of, just north of Judea, and to the end of the earth. So you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you're going to be witnesses, but powerful witnesses, powerful witnesses to me. Here in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and it just ripples on out from there. Notice verse 9. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight, sort of like a cloud elevator. You know, they can see him. It looked as if he was standing in a cloud or sitting on a cloud or something. And this cloud began to be lifted up higher and higher. And Jesus was going up in the cloud. So it says he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as they went up or as he went up, behold, two men. Now it says men, but they're really angels. Watch this. Behold, two men, angels, by the way, in the Bible, are often referred to as men. It says, Behold, two men stood by stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up in heaven? See, Jesus is out of sight now. He had ascended high enough to where they couldn't see him because of height or because of the cloud, one of the two. But they're still looking up. And these two men, these two angels said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. In other words, he's going to come back down on a cloud. Well, you know, if you look at the book of Revelation, it says exactly that. And uh, so also does Paul's writing. We'll meet him in the air. And so they said, he's going to come back down the same way. And guess what? He's going to come back down to the same place. The Bible prophesies that his feet will touch the Mount of Olives right there, just on the other side of the Kidron Valley from Jerusalem. So verse 12, then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey, about three quarters of a mile. Uh, And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, it's going to list all of these 11 now, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication, watch this, with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus, so so Jesus' mother Mary is there, and with his brothers, talking about the brothers of Jesus. So in this upper room, 
There were about 120 there. And it says they included Jesus' mom, Mary, and Jesus' brothers were also there. Verse 15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of names was about 120 and said, Men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry. Notice, he obtained a part. Do you remember Ephesians 4.16 says about the body of Christ, every part does its share? Well, Peter's saying, hey, Judas had a part. He had a twelfth of this apostolic team ministry. He obtained a part in this ministry. Now, this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his entrails gushed gushed out. So we also know from one of the Gospels that Judas hanged himself. Well, he must have maybe hung himself in a, in a way that maybe he threw himself down over the side of a cliff or something. But nonetheless, he must have cut himself open and his, his uh, bowels came out. So it went on to say in verse 19, and it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem so that the field, the field that was purchased with 30 pieces of silver that he took back to the chief priest, it says, so that the field is called in their own language, Akeldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, and now here's Peter being discerning. Peter is recognizing that there are some prophecies about Judas betraying Jesus and also about somebody needing to take the place of Judas. Watch this. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his dwelling place be desolate and let no one live in it. And he quotes another place, let another take his office. So Peter is discerning, even though he's not filled with the Spirit yet, it seems he has the Holy Spirit in him. Jesus, you remember at the end of the book of John, breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But he discerns that this line, let another take his office, is a prophetic utterance that relates to Judas. So, and by the way, when you go back to that psalm, it, it certainly doesn't seem just obvious that that's what it is. We would have no idea uh, had this not been in the text. So it's let another take his office. Therefore, of these men, watch this. He's going to give some criteria. Of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become witnesses with us of his resurrection. So Peter gives two criteria uh, that have to be met for a person to be considered to take the place of Judas. And one was that they had to have been with them as a disciple, not necessarily one of the 12, of course, uh, but one of the disciples. Do you remember Jesus had the 70, but he had more disciples than that. It said he had to be with us that whole time so that, uh, so that he could be a witness of all of the ministry of Jesus from the baptism of John to the ascension. So that's one. It says, uh, of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism, baptism of John, 
to the day when he was taken up from us, uh, one of these must become witnesses of his resurrection. And so there's the second criteria. They had to have seen him alive after the resurrection, have to have, had to have be able to verify that he was dead, but also verify that he had been raised from the dead. So that's another important criteria. Verse 23, and they proposed two. Out of those people that qualified, they proposed two people. Joseph called Barsabas, whose surname was Justice, and secondly, Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell that he might go to his own place. And they cast their lots and the lot fell on Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. So that's it for chapter one. But let's just hit on that for a moment because there are a couple of key points here. Number one, it, it doesn't really say that they prayed to narrow it down to two. It says they proposed two among those who met the criteria. They proposed two, and then they came and they cast lots and said, Lord, which of these two have you chosen to take the part or the place or to have the apostleship of Judas? And guess what? The Lord answered by the lots. And he chose Matthias. Now, I kind of joke around sometimes because uh, it was between two men. And the second one was named Matthias. But it says about the first one, his name was Joseph, called Barsabas, whose surname was Justice. And I've joked around God saying, that guy's got too many names. Can't keep up with him. Let's just go with Matthias. Well, of course, that's not the reason. But nonetheless, Matthias was chosen. Now, some people have speculated and said, and... Matthias was chosen, and then you never hear about him for the rest of the book of Acts. Well, that's not really true. You may not see his name mentioned in the book of Acts, but on various occasions in the book of Acts, especially in the early chapters, it would say, for example, like in chapter 12, then the 12, excuse me, in chapter 6, then the 12 summoned the multitude of the disciples. Well, every time it talks about the apostles or the 12, well, Without mentioning the, the names of these men, it's mentioning all 12. So Matthias absolutely is mentioned and absolutely is accepted as having taken Judas' place in the book of Acts after this time. So uh, that's one thing I wanted to mention. I also wanted to mention this. To discern which of the two men God was choosing, they did something that is an Old Testament practice called casting lots. And God honored this throughout the Old Testament. It reminds me also of Gideon when he put out the fleece and he asked God, you know, uh, let the ground be wet and the fleece be dry. And then the reverse, you know, uh, let the fleece be wet and the ground be dry. He was just making sure that he was hearing from God and here casting lots. But you know, this is the last time that we see throughout the whole book of Acts that the casting of lots happens. And why is that? Here's why. The very next chapter is when the Holy Spirit falls. People are filled with the Holy Spirit from the inside. Their spirits is sort of the container and they become full and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. So now, once the Holy Spirit was poured out, the body of Christ is not supposed to follow visuals. 
not supposed to cast lots, not supposed to put fleeces out before the Lord. I'm not saying it's a sin to do it. I'm just saying that the Bible does not encourage us to follow signs. You know, I've seen people say, Lord, if you want me to, you know, something silly as this, Lord, if you want me to marry Lucy, then I pray that 14 red cars go by my house in the next hour. Can you imagine that? And then, of course, a person that really loves Lucy might be saying, okay, Lord, how about three? Okay, how about one, Lord, right? Can you imagine uh, walking by sight like that and God having to do things in front of you to lead you? No. See, in the New Testament, unlike the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit comes into us in the inside because we're born again. So you can't put new wine into old wineskins. But once we're born again, because Jesus has uh, died for our sins, been raised from the dead, now our spirits can actually handle the Holy Spirit within us. So now we're encouraged. Once the Holy Spirit comes, we're encouraged now to be led by the Spirit and not to cast lots or to put out fleeces or to ask God for any other sign. No, no. Uh, Paul said in Romans 8 that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So Jesus also said in the 16th chapter of John, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. He'll guide you into all truth. So now we don't need to cast lots. You'll never see that happen again in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit prompts them. The Holy Spirit leads them. The Holy Spirit speaks to them. And so now we're to be led from the inside by the Holy Spirit, not through open and closed doors. Well, the Lord opened the door or the Lord closed the door. Well, not every open door is God and not every closed door is God saying no. Because sometimes we need to say to the mountain, be removed. The obstacle, see, no, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. He always knows what to do and he was sent to lead us and to guide us. And so that's a word for somebody today. The Lord is saying, I'm leading you. Ask me, I will lead you from the inside. I will lead you by my spirit to do everything that I prepared and called you to do. And so, Lord, cause that to happen in our lives today. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, that's Acts chapter 1. And I look forward to tomorrow, Acts chapter 2. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.